0: So it's good to have each of you here and uh, in the house of the Lord. I want to go into Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 1 today. Exodus 20, verse number 1 through 5. Praise God. I want to talk to you today on the subject no other gods. No other gods. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me. Amen. Wow. So today we want to talk about no other gods our God is a jealous God, and He is a jealous God for a good reason. It's because He is the only God. He is omnipotent. He is the Most High. Uh, we could go through all of the names that describe Him, but we would never come to an end of who He is. He is Almighty. He is God by Himself. And therefore, He says there's no need for you to bow down. There's no need for you to make a God because there is no God like me amen and we we have in our society today we we don't see in this culture of of America I've been in some other countries where that they create their gods we know in India they have hundreds of thousands of gods that they have created and they have them everywhere and people worship all different types of things and idols and statues and and all of these things we We don't have those here in America so much, but we've got our own gods. We have bowed to a lot of things and, and they have become our God. How do you know what is your God? Whenever you get in trouble, what do you go to? Whenever difficult times come up in your life, what do you lean on? Where do you look to? It is that that becomes the idol it is that that becomes the God it is that that you put your trust in and so whenever we are in difficult times or in hardships in our life what we go back to will determine what our God really is we can say that Jesus Christ God the Father the Holy Spirit is our God but when troubled times come if we find ourselves turning to other things instead of God then the reality of it is, we may be saying that he is God with our mouth, but our heart is saying that this is what we really trust in. This is what we depend on, and so it can be money. It can be, it can be, uh, uh, you know, if we are in trouble and we start thinking that that it, money is going to solve the problem, we can be. Uh, it can be uh, things in our life is is drugs or alcohol or. It can be uh, people that we put our trust in, that when troubled times come, we, we lean on them. And it is, isn't it good in, in difficult times you can have somebody? Amen. Sometimes it would it, do us a, a lot of good to have somebody just to talk to, to, to have a, a God in flesh, a person that is there to speak for God on his behalf. But, but that isn't the end result. Our, our hope is in the name of the Lord our confidence is in him and he says that I'm a jealous God and I don't want you bowing down to any other thing but I want you to understand that you shall have no other gods before me amen God has a plan it's very important to understand that God has a plan and he has a purpose for all of our lives if you don't understand that God has a purpose and he has a plan then you will not be able to endure the purpose or the process that God will have to take you through for the plan and his purpose to come to pass. But you see, God's ways are, and the process can often be confusing. It can It can look strange. It can be confusing to us because when we look at how God takes us from the, we we rejoice in in the plan or the purpose of God, but the process of God is where we get hung up at because he uses strange ways. Look at David, for example. David was taken from obscurity to notoriety, but he was taken there through a battle with a giant. He wasn't known as anybody but a, a little shepherd boy that had a sling in his hand until he had slain a, a bear and a lion and, and really nobody ever knew anything about it, right? But when God was ready to shift him and take him to another Place and and preparing him for the thought of the kingship and the throne, he uses a battle with a giant to take him to the forefront of the nation. Amen. You look at Job, and his greatness was seen as he went through the furnace of affliction. It wasn't whenever everything was good. He he had seven sons and three daughters, the fairest in the land. He had everything going for him. He was the most wealthy person in the nation, but yet he was not known as much for that as he was known for the trial that he went through. Whenever the lightning would strike his house and his seven sons and three daughters would die all at the same time. When when one right after another messenger after messenger would come and say to Job, they have come and taken your camels. They have come and taken your sheep. They have come and they have destroyed all of these things. And everything was taken and it was in that fire of affliction that Job was known as a person after God's heart Lazarus had to die to get a testimony right Romans chapter 11 and verse 33 is correct when he says his ways are past us finding out we cannot comprehend, we cannot understand his ways. We, we go through these things, but in these things, it's always important for us to remember Psalms 31 and verse 15 when he says that our times are in his hands. Amen. God turns us this way and he'll turn us that way and he'll direct us and and he takes us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. He takes us from here and brings us over there. He allows us to go through this to get to that and he has a time and he has a plan and a destiny for us but we have to go through the process to be able to get to the promise. And I believe that that the church has got so caught up, and I'm not suggesting that that I I know it all, but I'm uh, just making a comment here today that the church has got so caught up in preaching the promise but have not told people there is a process that we get confused whenever troubled times come. But yes, there is a promise. Yes, there is a blessing. But there is also a process that we must go through to get to the place of promise. Amen. You must believe Ephesians 1 and 11 that he works all things after the counsel of his own will. Is there anybody at glad that God has a will? He has a plan for us. Amen. And Romans 8 and 28 backs that up and he says that we know that all things work together for the good to them that are called. Amen. Uh, love the Lord and are called according to his Purpose, amen. His purpose is everything. If you don't understand that God has a purpose, then you will not be able to endure the test, the trial, the tribulation that is going to come along that is going to to serve to bring you into the fulfillment of purpose. God's preparation, He, He has a preparation for the process. And that process that we will go through will lead us into His divine purpose. Are you still with me today? We like it when God tells us about blessing. Man, I love it whenever He says, I've got a blessing for you. When He has a prepared blessing. I love that. But he, He told the woman... With just a cruise of oil and a handful of meal, he told her to prepare because there's a blessing coming. We all like that. But God also cautions and forewarns us and concerning difficult times that will lay ahead of us. Amen. God can forecast the storms that are are coming on the horizon in order that we can prepare for them. That's the reason we got to be people of prayer. Amen. We have to be people of prayer. We have to be people that have a relationship with God because if not, everything will take us by surprise. But when we are in his presence, he he can speak to us and he can not only tell us of blessing, but he can tell us to prepare, to button down the hatch, if you will, to get ready because there's difficult times. I'm thankful for the times that God has warned me of trouble coming. He doesn't always give you the details. He doesn't even always tell you where it will come from. But if we are obedient, we're listening to Him. He can tell you to prepare and warn you ahead of time of the trouble that is coming so that you can prepare your spirit for the storm that is coming. He told Abraham of the blessing that He was coming. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. He said, I'll bless you and make your name great. He said, you shall be blessed and I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you and your your seed shall be a, be known by all the nations that they are blessed amen but he also tells him in genesis 15 and verse 5 he said that they're going to be like the stars of the heaven your seed is going to be great right and god spoke to abraham's destiny he spoke to his purpose he, he no doubt was dealing with frustration during this time of being fatherless. But God promised he would have a nation. Amen. And even before he had his first child, God is saying, you're going to be the father of a multitude. Wow. Abram is his name. But if you will allow me a little leeway today he told Abram go down to the courthouse and change your name amen change your name to not Abram but Abraham because Abraham means father of a multitude he served notice on his servants no longer call me Abram but call me Abraham I'm sure his servants probably looked at him like he had done, fell off of the turnip wagon. This man here has not even had one single child and he wants us to call him a father of a multitude. Right? Can you imagine that with me? He's, he's getting older and, and he doesn't even have no children, and he wants us to call him everywhere he went. He told them, "I'm the father of a multitude." He was getting people in agreement with him by calling him Abraham. He was getting them in agreement with the promise that God gave him over his life, even though there was no natural sign of it ever happening, right? But now we look and we see that because he had faith to do that, now the impossible comes. Because now him and Sarah are senior citizens. And they don't even have a child. But with two, a couple of senior citizens, God called those things that are not as though they are. Amen. In every obstacle and every opposition that was in their way, the thing that could not happen happened because God has promised it. Glory to God. What I want to say is sometimes the word of the Lord will come to us, the promise of God will come to us, maybe even in our early age, and maybe it's been a season or a time and we have we and, and that thing has not happened it does not even look like it's going to happen but you do not give up on the word of the Lord the word of the Lord does not have an expiration date on it what he said he is watching over his word and he is hastening to perform it and so his word is not a, he is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent he's going to bring that word to pass and so what we need to understand is that there's nothing happening in your now that can circumvent the plan of God in your future and regardless of the circumstances regardless of the opposition God said I'm going to cause you to be blessed and you are blessed glory to God he's going to bless you coming in and blessed going out blessed in the city blessed in the field blessed in your uprising blessed in your downsetting. people may look at your life and say there's nothing blessed about you but don't let go of the word of God over your life because it shall come forth in due season if you believe it give him a little praise today God told Abraham about some good news, but he tells him also in Genesis 15, he says, look forward because there's some tough times coming. Amen. And then he spoke to Abraham concerning Israel's 400 years of Egypt's bondage. Right? And then he goes and he says, your seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and they shall be servants and shall be afflicted 400 years. How many would agree with me? That's bad news. But he gave him some more good news. Don't stop reading. If you stop reading in verse 13, you, you might just have heart failure. But keep on reading to verse 14. And he said that nation will I judge and afterward shall they come out with great substance. Glory to God. He said you'll go in and everyone has to go through something. Amen. Don't ever believe anybody that tells you that when you get saved that you are excluded from trouble. Because if they tell you that, not only are they preaching heresy, they're an idiot. Amen. I know that's a harsh word, but they are. We've got too many lies going on in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, this is a fight. Huh? It's a good fight, but it's a fight. And people get confused whenever they think that when they sign up for this, that it's all just cotton candy. There is a battle. There is a warfare. But the warfare and the battle is worth it. Because we're not fighting for nothing. There is a spoil. There is a reward. There is a blessing. There is a promise. Praise God. And so he said, afterward they shall come out. Amen. And he said, he that begun a good work in you shall perform it. It's not enough to know Him as the Alpha, but you've got to know Him as the Omega. You've got to know Him as the beginning, but also the end. You've got to know Him not only as the author, but also the finisher of your faith. Amen. And I look at that to mean that He is before me, but He is also behind me. He is leading me, but he also has my back at the same time at the same time he's leading me but he's also protecting me at the same time amen he keeps me together his word says by him and for him are all things consist amen he upholds all things by the word of his power In Him I live, I move, and I have my being. Amen. Hebrews 10 and 39 said, We are not of them that draw back, we will endure. We Come on, somebody. We will make it. We will survive. We may cry, but we're going to make it. Amen. We may fret, but we're going to make it. We may wonder how. We may question why. But because of the promise that is over our life, we will break out of whatever that we go into. Tell someone that he'll bring you back out. Come on, say it again to somebody else. He will bring you back out. Glory to God. Because you see, here's what you need to understand. That while you're waiting to get out, that there is a blessing. There is somewhere waiting on you. Praise God, there is a blessing not just in your future, but while you're waiting, there's a blessing in your now. Now, I heard a story not too long ago of two twin boys. And the twin boys, one of them was an optimist and the other was a pessimist. And the pessimists, they put him in a room full of toys. And, and the room was full of toys and he was gathering up all of the toys and he was just crying. And he said, they asked him, said, what's wrong with you? And he said, with this many toys, I know somebody will get one of them and steal it or break it. The pessimists, they, or, uh, the optimists, they put him in, into a room full of manure. And he was as happy as a corn in a uh, a cow pile. He was digging through all that manure, laughing and excited. And they said, what is wrong with you? This is manure. He said, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. You see, in the time of our trouble, we may be in the manure, but look for the pony. Come on, somebody. We got to be... Optimistic. We've got to know that God isn't just brought us to this place to leave us here. But in our now, in our waiting, that God can still bless us. I said that to say this. Israel had trouble. In slavery, they had cruel taskmasters. They ordered them to build brick. And and they didn't give them the, the proper materials to build it with. They would whip them. They would feed them garlic and onions and long days and short nights. But the Bible says that even while they were serving uh, Israel was serving the taskmasters and they had bondage all around them that God would use it for an incubator to cause them to prosper and get stronger and stronger. While Israel was under Egypt's bondage, they grew amen while they were there, a family became a nation while they were there, they multiplied from seventy to over two million people they did not give up they did not quit they did not fret but God used this pressure he used this difficulty and said I'm going to create something stronger I'm going to cause it to be bigger I'm going to cause it to be greater than it ever was before and I just want to say to somebody in the middle of your struggle today that God is using it for an incubator he is working all things for your good he's Strengthening your spirit. He's quipping you that when you come out of this, you're not going to come out the weak, anemic person you were when you went in, but you're going to come out with power. You're going to come out with authority. You're going to know God better. You're going to be stronger than you ever were before. Glory to God. See Exodus 1 and verse 12. He said more Egypt afflicted Israel. The more they multiplied and they grew. The more the enemy attacks you. The more you're established in God. For God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. God really shows off when his people are under fire. And all of hell is breaking out. He told him in Job 23 and verse 10 The Lord knoweth the way that I take, and when He has tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. Job was saying, I'm in the heat right now, but I'm coming out. And when I come out, I'm going to be purer than I've ever been before. I'm going to know my God. Job did not have a Bible. He did not have a prophet, he didn't have an evangelist, he didn't have a worship leader. Job had only a personal relationship with God. And a lot of times whenever you see Job speaking, it's, he doesn't speak uh, necessarily, and I know this is a message for another time, but he doesn't speak necessarily right theology because he's just speaking what he knows, Right? But out of that relationship, this is what he said. He said, when he finishes trying me, I'm going to come forth. And when I come forth, all the dross is going to be away. And I'm going to be as pure gold that comes out on the other side of this thing. I know you're boiling now. But when it's over, you're coming out better than you went in. The heat is burning out the dross, it's removing the junk, it's removing the process. Have you ever gone through things in your life and and junk come up you didn't know was in you? Amen? If that's never happened to you, then, then you haven't never grown in God. Because whenever you get into the processes of life and the heat of life, there, there, it'll bring up some dross. It'll bring up some mess. It'll bring up some things in your life, in your heart that you didn't even know was there and you've got to surrender it to God. And when you say yes to Him, He'll take that dross off of your life so that you become more pure and know Him on a better level than you've ever known Him before. The thing that you're going through has driven you to your knees and when you come out on the other side you're going to shine for him if Pharaoh had known anything about the personality of God he would have never tried to hold Israel back because God instructed Moses he told them he he said tell Pharaoh to let Israel go For what purpose? That they may worship God in the wilderness. Had Pharaoh understood the way God feels about worshipers? Amen. He would have never got in the way of trying to stand between God and a worshiper. Amen. The worst thing you can ever do is try to get in the way of a worshiper. Rule number one is you do never bother a worshiper. God gets serious attitude whenever people get in the way or hinder worship, amen? God will go off on you when you begin to try to hinder or mock somebody's worship. You see, when we look at the story of David, what happened when Michelle mocked his worship, David's worship? What happened when she began to ridicule what David was doing as he was out there and he was the leader and he was worshiping God with everything in him and Michelle looks out the window and begins to mock the worship that David was giving to God. The Bible said that God shut up her womb and she would never have children. Amen. I want to tell you today, what is it talking about? He said, I'm going to shut up, amen, your resources. I'm going to shut up, amen, the next generation. Life will not come from you. Right? So God gets a real attitude whenever people try to stop worship. You don't bother a worshiper. If you, you touch a worshiper, your hand might wither. Because he said, touch not my anointed. Right? And so you have to tell the devil don't try to stop me because I'm a worshiper. Amen. You can't stop me. You can't set me back. You can't hinder me. I may be going through this fire. I may be going through this storm but I'm still going to have a praise in my mouth. I'm still going to worship my God. I may not understand it all. It may be greatly confusing to me but one thing I'm not confused about is he is worthy of my worship. He is worthy of my praise and even though that bad news has come and circumstances around me are not favorable I will lift up my voice and give him praise I will magnify him and exalt his wonderful name because if I am a worshiper he will inhabit my praise amen the bad news is you will be tested, but the good news is if you are a worshiper, he will bring you out. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter how hot the furnace is. It doesn't matter how deep the lion's den is. It doesn't matter how dark the dungeon is or how strong Pharaoh is. If you are a praiser, he will bring you out. It even doesn't matter what your Pharaoh's name is. It can be addiction. It can be fear. It can be frustration. It can be all kinds, whatever his name is. I'm telling you that there is a name above Pharaoh of your life. And it is El Elyon, the most high God. And when you begin to praise him, Pharaoh's back is broken. His strongholds must come off of your heart, off of your mind, and off of your life. And God will bring you out, not with a weak and anemic force, but with a mighty hand. He will deliver you and bring you out of the bondage of Pharaoh's army. Amen. The Bible said this, God brought them out on eagle's wings. Amen. Can I tell you today that when God gets ready to bring you out, he can bring you out in a hurry. Amen. You may have suffered an issue for 12 years, but one touch can get you out amen you may have been bent over for 18 years but one touch will straighten you up when God gets ready to do a thing it doesn't matter how long it's been long or short when God gets ready he can do it quickly glory to God in Matthew chapter 8 he said immediately his leprosy was cleansed in Mark chapter 1 immediately the fever left her in Mark chapter 2 immediately he arose and took up his bed and went his way in Mark 10 immediately he received his sight in Luke 1 immediately his mouth was opened in Luke 13 he said and immediately she was made strike straight in John chapter 5 immediately the man was made whole in Acts chapter 2 suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind I'm telling you today in Acts 3 he said immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength Revelation chapter 4 and immediately I was in the spirit on the Lord's day I'm here today to tell you that when we will worship him God can bring it immediately season into your situation and bring you out amen why did God bring them out that's the question I ask why God did you bring them out there's a reason for everything tell your neighbor there's a reason for everything there's a reason why he brought them out. There was a reason for the plagues and the lice and the frogs and the flies and the death of the firstborn and the parting of the Red Sea and the drowning of 600 chariots, horses, and righteous. that the tree would bring us sweet water out of bitter water. There was a reason for the brazen serpent that would be raised up and, and people would be healed. There was a reason that when God would snap his fingers that doves would come a, a quail would come from every corner of the earth and fall into the desert. There was a reason why that he turned a stone into a water fountain. Amen. You see God brought them out because they were worshippers. And I want to tell you today that when we really worship God when we when we praise him he will spare no expense he will do whatever he has to do to bring us out why because he promised us he inhabits the praises of his people glory to God and so if I am in a situation that I do not enjoy the storms of life may be coming from every side but I say God I know you're not comfortable in in a situation like this I know you're not comfortable with lack I know you're not comfortable where that sickness is I know that you're not comfortable where the trouble and chaos and confusion and drama are but God you promised me that you was going to inhabit my praise and so if you are not comfortable here you're going to have to change my circumstances because I'm not going to change my praise I'm going to keep on blessing you I'm going to keep magnifying you You. I'm going to keep on exalting you and letting everybody know that you are God. Yes, you can look at my circumstances if you want to, but I'm going to keep my eyes on the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm going to look under the heels from where comes my help because my help is coming from the Lord. Oh, somebody praise Him here today. God can bring you out and he can use whatever he chooses to. <laughs> Amen. Don't lock yourself in to thinking that God can only bring you out one way or another. Don't lock yourself in to God's got to do this and he's got to do this and then this has got to happen and then this over here has to take place. Don't, don't, don't box him in like that. Just worship him. Just bless him. Just praise him. Amen. Because you see, what we have, what we have caught up in, and I'm, I'm thankful for. Uh, the church has come a long ways, and I'm thankful for that. But there, there's some things that concern me, and, and one of them is is our worship. Is because our worship, whenever the church in the church uh, in days past, everybody worshipped, everyone sang. Everyone lifted up their voice and worship God. But in this day, it seems as though that we have given that over to the worship team. Amen. But the worship team is, I thank God for them. But they can't worship for me. Because God hasn't done for them what he's done for me. Come on, somebody. Now, he may have done something for them that he hasn't done for me. But that's the reason they've got the praise that they've got. But whenever I come into the house of the Lord, I haven't worshipped until I open my mouth. I haven't worshipped until I clap my hands and sing my song and give God my praise from the fruit of my lips. Amen. And so I have to lift him up. But it goes further than that. Because if we're not careful, we turn it into a Sunday morning thing where we only worship on Sunday mornings, where we just sing a song on Sunday mornings, where we do our thing on Sunday mornings. But I want to tell you that worship is not what we do. Worship is who we are. And so everything that we do is to bring glory and honor to God. We don't just step in here on Sunday and become a worshiper. But because of what he'd done for me. He saved me. He he filled me with his Holy Spirit. He brought me out of a horrible pit and set my feet upon a solid and a firm foundation. He wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. I'm complete in him. I'm a chosen one a called out one a protestant one royalty is in my veins glory to God it's because of what he'd done not because of what I'd done but he finished the work at Calvary I accepted that for me and because of that I became a worshiper and now I bless the Lord not on Sunday not on Wednesday not every once in a while but I bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth and so whenever I'm at work I praise him whenever I'm in the store I worship him amen the fruit of my lips is bringing glory and honor to his name not just a song but my actions amen is bringing honor and glory to him and so everything that I do I worship him and God is drawn to worshipers amen God is drawn to worshipers. How many will agree with me that God has a personality? And if God has a personality, then He must like hanging out with some people more than He does others. Isn't that true for you? I mean, it doesn't mean that that other people are bad, but just because of the the same likes that you have, the same uh, things you enjoy... Right. For instance, Pastor Charlie here. I, I love him, but uh, he—he's a runner. <laughs> if you see me running down the road, you better stop because somebody's chasing me. Amen. But it doesn't mean that I don't like him. It doesn't mean I don't hang out. But he's got—he he enjoys something I-, I don't do. See, look. Amen. Are you with me? And I just have to believe that that God gets tired of hanging out and and complaining. He gets tired of complaining and negative and and just gloom and despair. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But God has to get frustrated. I know He's he's patient. I know He's long-suffering. That's part of the attributes of God as well. But I'm just saying in the natural. He's got to get frustrated when He says... Haven't I blessed you before? Haven't you seen me do extraordinary things in your life? Haven't I been there for you? And you're going to talk like this now? You're going to agree with your circumstances and your situations instead of agreeing with me, God, that is in control of everything? And so I have to Guard my heart. I have to protect my mind. I've got to protect the gates, the eye gates, the ear gates, the mouth. Right? I've got to protect the gates so that I don't agree with the circumstances that are around me, but I agree with God's bringing me out of this situation. Amen? He's bringing you out. If he has to use frogs and fire and lice and boils. He's bringing you out if he has to use a strong east wind. He's going to bring you out no matter what he needs. He has to use to bring you out. I promise you he will bring you out if you are a worshiper. Amen. Anthony I'm done. I've never seen. A depressed worshipper I've seen a lot of miracles well I say a lot a lot for me I, I feel like I've seen several miracles but I've never seen one miracle where people were not worshipping God never seen blind eyes open never seen the lame leap for joy Never seen any miracle ever happen where worship was not taking place. But where there is worship, it creates an atmosphere for the miraculous to take place. That's the reason why when we come in here on Sundays, that we, that we don't just come in here and allow the circumstances to dictate to us our worship but we create an atmosphere with our worship for the miraculous to take place and our circumstances to change and whatever we're in for us to come out. Glory to God. I believe today that whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing today, when we put Him first, have no other gods before me. I'm a jealous God. He tells us right up front, I'm jealous Don't put nothing else before me. Put your trust, your complete trust in me. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Amen? Amen? Stand with me today, please. I don't know what you may be going through. Go ahead, Anthony. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what may be taking place in your life. But what I do know today is that all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. And so today we choose to make a conscious decision, a conscious choice. That God, we're going to serve you. We're going to worship you. We're going to believe you, God. For the miraculous, for the supernatural. We're not going to agree with our circumstances. We're going to agree with your word and your promise. And we determine today that we are going to serve the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And so if this word is for you, if it's touched you where you are today as Anthony's playing now, I want you to come and I want to join my faith with yours and believe God with you for whatever you may need in your life today. Amen.